Why listen to the rest when we're the best? This is Clinical Pearls. While offering over-the-counter birth control pills and patches is controversial here in the United States, it's actually a non-issue in many other countries. China, India, Greece, Turkey, Mexico, Portugal, South Africa, and even Russia are few of the countries where women can get birth control without a prescription. Is this safe? And what does ACOG say about it? Well, in this episode, we're going to cover the soon-to-be-released October 2019 committee opinion from the college dealing with over-the-counter access to hormonal contraception. Despite this day and age, unintended pregnancy obviously is still an issue in the United States. Barriers to access are one reason for inconsistent or non-use of contraception by many women. The requirement for a prescription can be an obstacle for some contraceptive users. According to data, reported obstacles can include cost barriers or lack of insurance, or challenges in obtaining an appointment or getting to a clinic, or just not having a regular physician to call on. Now, as a way to get around this problem, some states have increased access by allowing pharmacy or pharmacist participation. As of April 2019, pharmacists in 13 states and the District of Columbia legally can prescribe or directly dispense some types of hormonal contraception. Now, this type of hormonal contraception access is termed pharmacy access or behind-the-counter birth control dispensation. Additionally, online access is permitted in some areas in the U.S. This allows a woman to bypass the office visit and obtain a prescription for some types of hormonal contraception by answering a series of online questions or by talking to a clinician through telemedicine. The contraceptives then are delivered to the individual's home. Although pharmacy access and online access may eliminate some of these barriers, full over-the-counter access to hormonal contraception could provide a more comprehensive solution to contraceptive use. Now, let's be very clear. According to ACOG and their committee opinion in October 2019, ACOG and the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Medical Association, and the American Public Health Association all support over-the-counter access to contraception. All right, so let's address the big issue and the elephant in the room that we're all thinking. What about the safety issues of this thing? I mean, is it safe to put hormonal contraception over the counter? Well, no drug or intervention is completely without risk of harm. For example, as you know, common non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin or ibuprofen have documented adverse effects, including GI bleeding. Also, even common medications like acetaminophen can cause serious liver damage. Safety concerns about hormonal contraception frequently and appropriately focus on the risk of VTE. But remember, it's still a rare event in women of reproductive age, although its incidence does increase with age and pregnancy. So this can be an issue and we can't ignore it either. Data do support that progestin-only hormonal methods are generally safe and carry no or minimal risk of VTE. 
a systematic review concluded that there was no statistically significant increased risk of VTE among women in the general population using progestin-only pills, implants, or levonorgestrel intrauterine devices compared with non-users. Limited evidence does suggest, however, that the use of Depo was associated with a slightly elevated risk of VTE. But the systematic review also concluded that among women with comorbid medical conditions that may have increased the baseline risk of VTE could have been present and that the use of progestin-only contraception did not further elevate the risk. So any increased VTE risk that progestin-only methods carry would likely translate into only a small increase in absolute numbers of thrombotic events at the population level. So let's put this into perspective. We just covered VTE risk concerning progestin-only methods. But I know what you're thinking. What about the combined ones? That's what we're worried about, aren't we? That's the one that can cause VTE because of ethnyl estradiol. Well, the evidence examining the association of VTE risk with first non-oral hormonal contraceptive use, like the contraceptive patch or the monthly vaginal ring, is actually inconsistent. It's unclear whether the patch or the ring actually has a higher risk of VTE compared with women who use combined oral contraception. However, any potential increased risk in VTE likely represents a small number of events at the population level. Ah, but what about the risk with oral combined hormonal contraception? Let's cover that next. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berries, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But what about oral combined contraceptive use? Well, the VTE risk of combined oral contraceptive use is still small compared with the increased risk of VTE during a pregnancy. So we have to remember that. Although obesity and the use of combined hormonal contraception both represent independent risk factors for VTE. Still, the absolute risk of VTE with combined hormonal contraception in women with obesity remains less than the risk of VTE during pregnancy and the postpartum period. Now, for Depo to be available over-the-counter, women will need to self-administer subcutaneous injections safely, and this has raised other concerns about the safety of giving self-injection. However, individuals with diabetes and women undergoing fertility treatment successfully self-inject subcutaneous insulin and follicle-stimulating hormone safely at home already, and most do that with a pre-filled injection without any issue. And as you would think, there's a study for that. Studies have concluded that self-injection of depomidroxyprogesterone acetate can be feasible and safely done and do recommend, however, a plan to train women before they attempt self-injection just to give a standardization of administration.
All right, this is a good place to take a little break, and we're going to come back. We're going to discuss something that I know you're thinking about, or you should. What about that medical eligibility list for contraception? In other words, what about medical contraindications? Shouldn't women be at least self-screening if they're going to use these medications over the counter? Well, the answer is yes, but it's deeper than that. So let's address that next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get into patients self-screening if they're going to use over-the-counter hormonal birth control. An important consideration related to over-the-counter hormonal contraception and self-screening is the actual prevalence of medical contraindications to hormonal birth control among women in the U.S., According to the published Contraceptive Choice Project Secondary Data Analysis of 1,000 adolescents and adult women who desired combined hormonal contraceptive methods, about 7% self-reported having a potential medical contraindication on their baseline questionnaire. Now, despite the safety of its use, hormonal contraception is not appropriate for every patient. And that's a clinical pearl, and we can't forget that. Over-the-counter availability of hormonal contraception would still require that females of all ages self-screen for any potential absolute contraindications. Okay, now the committee opinion does reference a rather interesting study about patients who got medication from Mexico. One U.S.-based cohort study found that women who obtained combined OCPs over-the-counter in Mexican pharmacies were more likely to have relative contraindications but not absolute contraindications when compared with women who obtained combined OCPs in U.S. public clinics. Nonetheless, some critics of over-the-counter hormonal contraception access do list that some birth control may fall into the wrong hands based on medical contraindications. So one way to get around this is pharmacist screening. Pharmacist screening for behind-the-counter access to hormonal contraceptive methods has also been evaluated. Pharmacists successfully use checklists to identify women without contraindications to hormonal contraceptives according to the World Health Organization medical eligibility criteria. Now, blood pressure and body mass index were also measured by pharmacists in a program that used pharmacy dispensation very successfully. Although the prevalence of contraindications to hormonal contraception is low in reproductive age women, an effective screening tool for over-the-counter contraception is still very important. So that's a clinical pearl. If we're going to talk about combined hormonal birth control over-the-counter, it's important that in products that contain estrogen, some kind of self-patient screening or checklist be utilized. Depomedroxyprogesterone acetate and progestin-only pills, however, do not require any specific test or exam before initiation. 
But the U.S. Selected Practice Recommendation for Contraceptive Use does advise that before starting, combine hormonal contraception. And remember, that's either combined pills, transdermal patch, or even the monthly vaginal ring, that blood pressure should be measured. But a blood pressure measurement from a recent healthcare provider could also be used. Alternatively, patients could measure their blood pressure using a pharmacy-based or home-based monitor. All right, podcast family, we're coming to the end of our review of the committee opinion from October 2019 about access to hormonal contraception. Now, one remaining question has not been answered. What about patient age? Is that an issue and should there be age restriction? Well, let's be clear. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists supports over-the-counter access to hormonal contraception without age restriction. However, it's very well known and stated by the college that hormonal contraception obviously should not be initiated before menarche. Now, historically, age has been a barrier to hormonal contraceptive use. However, the college does have a good point in the committee opinion that adolescents covered under their parents' health insurance may find their confidentiality breached by explanation of benefit statements that go from the insurer to their parents' home. Now, although rare, age-based restrictions on over-the-counter medications do already exist. Currently, however, only the sale of nicotine replacement products is restricted to those 18 years of age and older. All right, that brings us to a wrap covering the soon-to-be-released committee opinion on access to hormonal contraception from October 2019. The ACOG does support improving access to hormonal contraception. Pharmacist-provided contraception may be a necessary intermediate step to increase access to contraception, but over-the-counter access to hormonal birth control should be the ultimate goal, according to the college. Now, although progestin-only methods have few contraindications and are safe for almost all women, combined methods containing estrogen do carry an increased risk of VTE, and so an adequate self-screening tool must be necessary. Guys, thanks for listening to our quick review of this committee opinion, and thanks for being a part of Clinical Pearls. We'll see you next time on our podcast.